kids, you can stay up here if you want, or you can go back. I'm going to tell a story right now. So if you want to stay here and do the story, you can sit in the front benches. You can come sit up here, wherever works for you. All right. Big people, I'm going to mainly be talking to the kids, but this is for you too. And we're going to be talking about celebrating what God has done. And did you guys know that celebrating was God's idea? Did you know that? That God came up with the idea of celebration. It's really, really important to him, and he loves to celebrate. In fact, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, God talked to his people about different kinds of celebrations and what he wanted them to do. So we're going to look at three feasts, they're called, um, that God talked to the people in the Old Testament about, all right? So the very first one, got to do with this. Do you know what this is? Does anybody know what this is? It's kind of like bread, but it doesn't look like normal bread. What does it look like? Kind of like nan bread? Yeah. It's flat, isn't it? Well, this one's a circle. You're right. It's flat bread called unleavened bread. In the Bible, there was something called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And God told the Israelites that they were supposed to celebrate this feast every year. It was really important to them. So Jeff is going to read what the Bible says about the Feast of Unleavened Bread. In Leviticus 23, verses 6 to 8, we read, My Feast of Unleavened Bread begins on the 15th day of that month. For seven days, you must eat bread that is made without yeast. On the first day, you must come together for a special service. Do not do any regular work on that day. On each of the seven days, bring an offering that's made to me with fire. On the seventh day, come together for a special service. Do not do any regular work on that day. All right. So who can remember what happened in the story with Moses and all the Israelites who were slaves in Egypt? And they went to Pharaoh... Well, when Moses was a slave and all the Israelites were slaves, he went to Pharaoh to let them go. And did Pharaoh let them go right away? Maybe some of the bigger people might know. Did Pharaoh let them go right away? No, he didn't let them go right away. You need to go pee-pee. Okay, somebody will help you with that. Um, So when, when Moses and the Israelites, they wanted to go, and Pharaoh didn't let them go right away. If you go that way, Gavin, there's Daddy. He didn't let them go right away. And so they sent something called plagues. Can some of the big people tell me what some of the plagues were? Some of the bad things he sent? Does anybody remember any of them? Locust. There were lots of different plagues he sent. And then the last one was a very, it's kind of a scary plague because it was called, it was Passover. And he sent, um, what he did is he killed all the firstborn babies, and that's very sad. But do you know what? He made a promise to all of the people who loved him, and if they put a special thing on their doorpost, he would pass over them. And so that's what happened. They put blood on their doorposts, and he passed over, and then they were able, Pharaoh said they could go. And when they went to leave, they had to pack. Has anybody ever helped their mom or dad pack before? And sometimes packing takes a long time, Right. Yeah, it was a long, long, long way. 
So when they packed, they had to pack really fast because they needed to get out of there. So when they made their bread, they didn't put any yeast in their bread so that they could get out of there faster. So the the festival or the Feast of Unleavened Bread was to remember that God took care of them, that God loved them, and God helped them to get out of Egypt. So I am going to give one of these, or the whole package. Jeff's going to take it, and you guys can have a bite of the bread and taste it together while we move to our next feast. The next feast that we had was called the Feast of Weeks. That's kind of a weird name. Hey, the Feast of Weeks. It is a funny name. And with the Feast of Weeks, it was seven weeks after. And actually, it was seven times seven. uh, Sarah, seven times seven. Do you know? What is it? 49. It was seven weeks and kind of a day because it was 50 days later. So it says seven weeks, but I think because of the Sabbath, it was the extra day. 50 days for adults, also Pentecost. And you can look up a lot of this, some really cool stuff for you to look up. Some of the meaning that comes behind the feast as after Jesus came and some really neat things. But anyways, so festival or feast of weeks, they celebrated that. And what they did is these guys were mainly farmers. So they brought their first um, fruits, their first grain to God. They said, God, we love you so much. What we have is yours and we want to give you the best. So they would give their very best to God. And you know what else they would do? When they did all the harvesting, and Emily and Isaac know about harvesting. When they did the harvesting, they left some. They didn't do harvesting all the way to the edges. They left the edges so the people who didn't have any food could come get the food from the edges of their field. See how we have food here today? That's how we're helping to take care of the people who don't have any food. We bring it so that we can give it. And God even then told people that's what they were supposed to do. All right. Um, oh, I forgot. Did you already get them? Yeah, which? The grapes? I think I left them in the fridge. Never mind. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I shouldn't have said that out loud. And you wouldn't have known. Last feast I want to talk about is the Feast of Booths. Who knows what this thing is over here? What is this? A tent. Who's gone camping before? Lots of people have gone camping. Camping is a lot of fun. Well, the Feast of Booths, or sometimes called the Feast of Tabernacle, or there's lots of different names, the Feast of Booths, they would get together and they would go to Jerusalem again, and they would sleep out in kind of like tents for the week. And their tents, they had four walls, and the walls could be made out of wood or different things, but the top had to be made out of branches and trees, like uh, vegetation, so like all different kinds of leaves and things. And why do you think God wanted them, or what do you think was the special thing with that, that they were supposed to remember? When they left Egypt and went to go on the way to the promised land, and they were traveling through Egypt, God, they lived in these tents because they were traveling and going and going. So the Feast of Booths was to remind them that God took care of them, and God got them out of Egypt, and he took care of them. And so that's why we celebrate the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tents might be another way. It was just a way for them to celebrate what God had done. So, the feasts, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths. I forgot to have you read the scripture. Go for it, honey. All right. Well, I was busy giving out uh, some bread at the time. But from Deuteronomy 16, verses 9 and 10, we read, Count off seven weeks from the time you begin to cut your grain in the field. Then celebrate the Feast of Weeks in honor of the Lord your God. 
Give anything you choose to give as an offering. Do it in keeping with the blessings the Lord has given you. And then for the Feast of Booths, we return to Leviticus 23, verses 41 to 43. Celebrate my Feast of Booths for seven days each year. That is a law that will last for all time to come. Celebrate the feast in the seventh month. Live in booths for seven days. All of the people of Israel must live in booths. Then your children after you will know that I made the people of Israel live in booths. I made them do it after I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. All right. So we talked about the, the different ways that people celebrated um, in the Old Testament and a long time ago. Did you know that Jewish people still celebrate those feasts today? And I found some really cool things online. Adults, you could check this out. There's some really cool contemporary ways that they celebrate, and it's really exciting. Anyways, there's ways that we celebrate things, and God has told us to remember. Who knows what this is? What is this? A present. What's coming up really soon? Christmas. Have you everybody got ideas of what they want for Christmas? Yeah, you can tell your mommies and daddies all about what you want for Christmas later. But Christmas, what do we celebrate at Christmas? Why do we celebrate Christmas every year? Who knows? Yeah, why do we celebrate Christmas? Brayden? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because God. Yeah, Jesus was born at Christmas, and we celebrate Christmas to remember that Jesus was born, and he came into the world because he loves us so much. We also celebrate another holiday to help us remember what God has done. Who knows what this, this picture is a holiday of what? Who knows? Brayden? Easter. Easter, right. And we celebrate Easter to remember what happened at Easter. Do you know what happened at Easter? What happened at Easter? God died. Did he stay? Did he stay dead? Or what happened next? What happened? What? He died. He came back to life. He came back to life. You're right. He came back to life. And he loves us so much, so that's why we celebrate those holidays. One last thing to talk to you guys before we pray. Do you think we can only celebrate God on Christmas and Easter? No. We can celebrate God all the time. You're right. And one of the ways that we're going to do it today, and all the big people are going to do it, is I want you guys to put your hands out. Everybody's going to put their hands out. And don't worry if the little guys don't. It's okay. And I want you to think about all the things that you're thankful to God for. The kids, little kids have been making a thankful tree. What are some of the things you're thankful to God for? Who can think of something? What are you thankful to God for? I'm thankful for God. For myself. For yourself? I'm thankful God for mommy. For mommy? What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for me. You're thankful for you. That's awesome. We have so much that we can be thankful for. So I want you to think of all the things that you're thankful for. And I want you to imagine that your hand is full of all those things that you're thankful for. Can everybody fill up their hands? Better use our imaginations. All the things that we're thankful for. 
And what we're going to do is we're going to say thank you to God for them by lifting up our hands full of thanks to God. Can you lift up your hand full of thanks to God? It's kind of like, here, God, we're giving you all of our thanks because we love you so much. And that's how we're going to celebrate. And we're going to pray together. So I want you guys to be quiet as we pray to God, okay? God, thanks for showing us in your word about the cool ways you wanted your people to remember what you had done for them. We want to do the same thing and celebrate what you've done for us. So today we're bringing you our, hands of, our handfuls of thanks. We want to celebrate what you are doing in our lives. When holidays happen, help us to remember to stop and really take them seriously, to take time out to celebrate how amazing you are and how grateful we are for Jesus. And help us to remember to take time to thank you every day for who you are and what you've done. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are going to listen up and watch a video. If you guys want to sit over here a little bit or turn so you can see the video, and Rose is going to be sharing a testimony on video right now of something that God has done in her life. Yes, I, I really enjoyed the book over and over. I read it three times. I'm in my fourth reading now. Did a lot of underlining and thinking about it. And I have gone through all the stages in the book, but I'm stuck on the with God because I always, I accepted Jesus because I wanted to go to heaven and not to hell. And that's what I was taught. And I was raised with that. Whatever we do, God doesn't love us if we do bad things or I guess we'll call it sin. So, uh, now, all of a sudden, I, I always was convinced I got Jesus so I will go to heaven. And now I read that it's because I want to be with God. And that really hit me like a hammer. Now I've got to try and think about having a relationship with God. And I haven't had too many relationships with people in my life, even so I'm older than most younger than some. I have one good friend that I talk to with about all of this stuff and other things. And I do talk to God. Mind you, I usually put Jesus in front of me because I find G God huge, way too big. And G I find Jesus more relatable. So I will, uh, to, be with, uh, to be with God, it's going to be a work in progress for quite a while. Louis has helped with camp many times, and he's uh, one of our youth leaders. So we're excited that he's here to share with us this morning. Good morning. Uh, so I'm Louis. Uh, nice to meet you all. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so I guess I'll start with... Um, this year I have a year off school, uh, which is, is new to me. So I've been in school for about 13, 14 years straight. Um, and yeah, I decided to basically take this year as a year of growth and really just accept my, just any opportunities coming my way. Um, and the first thing I did uh, was join the Alpha course, which runs here at Elam, 
Um, I'll have to admit I went in with pretty low expectations. Uh, sorry, Rick. Uh, but I wasn't expecting get, to get a whole lot out of it. Um, but immediately, I think in my first week, I did. Um, I think the most important thing I've learned uh, at Alpha is that to be a Christian, you don't have to abandon your intellect. Um, for me, it's, it's always been a struggle between my brain and my heart, and they battle, and usually it doesn't end well. But basically, at, at Alpha, it's, it's just an environment where you can say anything, and everything goes, and nothing, nothing's crazy. You can, you can say whatever you want, and people accept it. Um, and I just felt like I was being listened to, and that I could listen to other people, and it was just a really good environment for my growth. Um, I picked up on a bit of scripture, which is uh, new for me, because usually I don't do that. Um, and that's Romans 10.10. 10, uh, that I can't quote it exactly, because I'm not that smart. But basically, with the heart, you receive righteousness. And with your mouth, you confess, and you receive salvation. And I really feel like Alpha has helped my brain and my heart sort of be on the same wavelength. And with that, the only thing that's kind of left is for me to confess. And I will admit I'm in the, in the process of that. And I really feel like my growth continues. And yeah, God's just done some wonderful things for me in the past couple of weeks. So thanks for listening to me. See you later. We're really proud of Louie. Louie's like one of my kids, so yeah, we love him. So, Justine asked me to share this morning uh, just about, as an example of what's going on with our younger kids, and if you, hi, if you talk to me regularly, you know I love a good Emily and Isaac story. So I've got just a couple of stories of what um, Elam, and more importantly, what God is doing in their lives. So my first story is um, an Isaac story, and the point of which is that they're paying attention when they're in church. So we are currently taking swimming lessons and doing scary and exciting things like putting your face in the water and putting your head back into the water, exciting things like that. So a little while ago, Isaac's in the bath. I'm just hanging out, and he's playing in the bath, and then he lies down in the bath with his head back, and he's like, look, mummy, I'm getting baptized. <laughs> so they're paying attention. Um, my next story is an Emily story, and a while ago, we are sitting at the table eating lunch, which is a long affair in our house, let me tell you. Um, and Emily reaches over, and she's going like this, and kind of squishing, and going like this. And she says, Mommy, I can feel God. And my first reaction was, dude. And then my second reaction, by the grace of God, was that I am 100% sure that she could. And it's only my cynical grown-up adult self that thinks that God doesn't roll that way anymore. I, our kids at Elam, all of our kids 
are learning that God is with them. They are surrounded with him, they, that he is always, always with them, and they believe it 100% without question. She, they believe that God reaches out and touches them because he does. And then my last story is an Isaac story. And this one is a couple of weeks ago, we had the Alpha advertisement on the community life announcement. And it was that blonde woman who is asking a whole bunch of questions about life and spiritual things and things like that. And Isaac's sitting beside me watching, watching the video because it's TV. And she, the whole list of questions kind of culminates in her, the woman on the screen, asking, does God really love me? And Isaac, who's paying attention to the video, says, yes! Because that was the most important thing in the world for him to tell that lady. Because he and all the kids at Elam know in the depths of their soul that Jesus loves them. That's, that's what's going on with our youngest. They, they know the most important thing in the world, that God loves them. going to share her testimony with us. Justina asked me to talk a little bit about celebrating what God has done in my life lately. Um, I'd like to focus on answered prayer and my experience with helping out with the Elam Youth Ministry. So about a year ago, um, I had been really involved with the committee at Elam, and my involvement ended. And um, in all honesty, I was looking forward to having some time off. Uh, My husband had just taken a new job, and he would no longer be working on call. So this was really exciting for us. And um, we were just ready to spend weekends together, go out, spend time with friends, Uh, Some of you know I had come out of a two-year period of some really significant health struggles and was finally feeling well. And so our Friday nights were looking pretty good. (laughs) They consisted of coming home from work, picking up Thai food, watching movies, going out with friends. If there was a bomber away game on, we would, oh, let's go to Boston Pizza and watch the game. So um, in all honesty, we were having a really great time. And I started having a small voice prompting me that God wanted me to do something more. So I vividly remember just spending a time in prayer. I was sitting in my room, and I just said, God, you know I have a lot more time on my hands now. What would you like me to do? And about two days later, I checked my email, and there was an email from Justina saying, Hi, I was wondering if you and Neil wanted to be youth leaders. (laughs) And my first thought was, no. I had been a youth leader about 10 years ago when I was much younger and cooler, and it was fantastic. But I don't know, something happens over 30, you start liking your sleep. You like to go to bed early. You're tired on Friday. Um, so I even tried telling Justina, you know, we have a dog. She's in the kennel all day. We can't leave her at night. And Justina saw right through that and said, oh, just bring the dog to youth. 
So if you're here on a Friday night and you see a giant boxer running around, <laughs> that's our dog. So I had another talk with God. Um, and there's probably about three times in my life where I can honestly say I've heard God's voice speak to me. And I prayed and said, God, I really, I really don't want to do this. And I audibly heard the words, Lisa, you asked me. That just gives me goosebumps to this day. Um, it, this was something God wanted me to do. So um, now it's our second year helping out with youth. And it's amazing. Um, I did not expect how powerful this experience would be. My first Friday at youth, um, I walked in and the first thought was, oh my gosh, where did all these youth come from? Because they're not all from Elam. I was pretty overwhelmed. And I found out that a lot of these youth uh, don't go to Elam. Some of them don't go to church. Some of them do go to church, but they feel they don't fit in in their youth group. And this is a place where they feel safe and they can come and learn about God and, and share with each other. Uh, which is really beautiful because there's a lot of other things that teenagers could be doing on a Friday night. Um, a couple of the things I've learned from these teens and preteens is just about honesty. These young people are not afraid to ask tough questions. And as adults, a lot of times we want to put on a good face. And sometimes they'll ask questions like, I wonder if I'd believe this if I didn't live in a Christian home. And that is... That is just beautiful that they're asking these questions and they're seeking answers. Another thing I'm learning is that these young people really care. They care about their friends and their families. And parents, they care about you a lot. You may not know it, but they do. They pray for you. Um, we recently had two of our youth uh, leave for a missions trip with their family. And so we had about 20 youth around them, laying hands on them and praying for their safety and praying for their fears. And it was one of the more beautiful things I've seen in a long time. Uh, another thing I am learning is how to have fun. I think just what I went through a few years ago, um, I really lost sight of living in the moment and having fun. And I became really serious. My relationship with God was good, but it was just a really tough time. And the laughter that I have experienced is unbelievable. Um, I've also learned a few things. If you give your cell phone to a group of preteen girls, <laughs> it's quite an experience. We were driving home from Stonewall and I uh, had a few from laser tag. A few girls were in the back of the car and said, oh, uh, Lisa, can we use your phone? And I was like, oh, it's locked, you know, no problem. And does anyone know who Siri is on the iPhone? Well, questions that, that my girls like to ask Siri is, Siri, is Lisa going to kiss Neil tonight? <laughs> and Siri didn't have an answer for that. So the next round was to ask it louder. <laughs> so um, I think Neil and I, we laughed. We kept laughing about that one for a long time. Um, lastly, uh, besides having a lot of fun, God is teaching me about answered prayer, not only in the way that he called me to serve in youth ministry, um, but by seeing the way God is answering prayers in the youth's life. Um, just, there's a family um, who's actually here today, and the father had some pretty serious brain surgery a year ago, and these youth prayed so much for him, 
They prayed for his healing. They prayed for his recovery. And then to see this family some nights come in and pick up their kids and, and see the father and see what God has done in their lives is unbelievable. Um, also, last week, I was praying for one of the youth girls. Um, and God just kept bringing her into my mind repeatedly and repeatedly. And for some reason, I felt I was supposed to ask that she would be bold and that she would meet good friends at school and she would be comfortable inviting friends to youth. And that afternoon, my okay, I had my cell phone on at my desk and I got a text and all it said was, hey, Lisa, can I bring friends to youth tonight? And I called Justina and I was almost in tears just, just to see how God is working with the youth. So. Um, I just want to thank Elam for all the support for youth ministry. Uh, there's some really exciting things happening, and it's definitely worth celebrating. Thank you. When I hear these stories and testimonies, I almost sit and cry here because God is just doing amazing things with our little kids. The last couple of months, I've been teaching the preschoolers, and it's been awesome. And I know some of you today are feeling like, oh my goodness, thank goodness this is going to be our last song, and maybe you're going to change the words to, to God be the glory, this service is now done, I don't know. But God is so good, and God is working in Elam through Alpha, through kids, through adults, through Sunday service, through international students in so many ways. And it's important for us to see how God is at work and to be a part of that. Maybe to get to know some of these kids and say, hey, I want to get to know your family. Invite them over to your house. Families want to get to know each other. We need to be better, uh, better connected as a community. God wants us to celebrate what he's done, and he wants us to build great community together. Because God has done so many things through Elam from the very beginning all the way to now, and he is still doing great things. And we want to celebrate, and we want to worship him for that. Listen, friends, did you... Did you love the message today? I love the message. Yeah. I'm saying that to the very small minority who'll go home and pout, there wasn't a sermon today. If you missed that, I don't know where you were. Check for a pulse. Because this was so exciting to see what God is doing. And I was reminded of what Jesus said when his disciples tried to scoot the kids out of the way. He said, don't stop the kids from coming to me. He picked them up and blessed them. He also gave a warning that said, anybody who gets in the way of these kids coming to me, it would be a lot better for them for a big rock to be tied around their neck and be thrown into the lake. I'm not going to be one of those people. We love having children and youth as part of our church family. And this is really something worth celebrating. So I would like us to thank Pastor Justina. Let's give her a hand. That wasn't part of the deal when she asked me to close the service, but uh, she gave me the mic. So uh, we just want to thank you and Jeff and your whole crew, everyone who volunteers with the kids. This is, this is splendid. Um, just a word about uh, all the food. Uh, thank you for um, contributing to our food bank. It's used a lot. And we want to make this a regular part of our worship. The last Sunday of the month, just get in the habit. It's a good spiritual habit of sharing. And it's another way of worshiping. Right, Henry? It's another form of worship. 
By the way, at Christmas time, we'll be giving out uh, food hampers. So if you know of anyone or your family would like one, please talk to Henry or myself or one of the church leaders, okay? This has been a celebration Sunday. Next week is the first Sunday of Advent, where we look forward to the coming of Jesus. That's what Advent means, to come, right? And that's going to be a really significant Sunday. In two weeks' time, we're going to have what I've decided to name, for lack of a better word, Anticipation Sunday, where we anticipate what God is going to do with Elam in 2015. Today we've been celebrating. In two weeks, we're going to be anticipating. And as part of that, if you have a mailbox at Elam, everyone will have received a uh, financial report and uh, plans for next year. There are some extra copies on the table out there. We want you to uh, review these, and in two weeks we'll be talking about it as part of Anticipation Sunday. There's a lunch involved as well, so you won't want to miss that. But we want to anticipate in faith what God will do with us, with us, in 2015. That's amazing. Well, I think we've just about reached our expiry date. Everyone's been very patient. And uh, thank you, especially parents of young kids. You've done a great job of herding the cats. That's usually my job on a Sunday, herding the adults. You've done very well with your children. Let's pray, and then we'll go. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing with us, no matter from zero to 100. It's great. We praise your name for your faithfulness. We pray that you bless us now. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. See you later.